welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I've got Noga Flation with me today. Uh, Noga has spoken, we've had her on the show before, back in the summer when she was talking about her show Bunker. Noga comes from Harpy Productions, so... um, and putting on a show called Lafey. Um, so just remind us about yourself, uh, Harper Productions, and you know what you've been up to. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm an emerging theatre maker, uh, mostly uh, writer-producer nowadays, and I'm the artistic director of Harpy Productions. Uh, we are a small theatre company uh, focused on championing new writing of horror and cinema, specifically female-led horror uh, and horror and sci-fi. Uh, we work for stage and uh, uh, we have had a couple of audio productions as well. So you've got a show, you've got um, Lefi coming up. Yep. What can you tell us about that then at the moment? Sure. Um, Lefi is the story of Alice. Um, Alice goes uh, into a company called Lefi. It all happens in a distant cyberpunk-esque future. Um, so she goes to Lefi, uh, who are recruiting her as part of an experiment. Uh, she gets a chip implanted in her skull that removes three years of trauma-related memory. Uh, the chip also monitors her surrounding constantly and it removes anything that could cause her to remember, um, essentially preventing Alice from chasing white rabbits. The idea came from my own journey to recovery. I myself was sexually assaulted years ago and there were times when I wish that I could just erase everything, but the more I grow and the more I, I learn about the way our brains function, um, the psychology and study of psychology is something of a hobby of mine. Uh, so the more I learn, the more I know that the only way out is through. Um, like I mentioned, I was also very inspired by the genre of cyberpunk, uh, both aesthetically and uh, with the semantics of the world. I thought it would be a brilliant way to heighten the absurdity of some of the societal expectations we have of assault survivors. Is it going to be, I mean, Bunker, which was sort of show you had on the Camden Fest Fringe, um, that was a two-person show, wasn't it? Is this going to be one person, two person? What's the casting for this? It fluctuated a bit during the writing. Uh, it was At some point it was a three people, at one point it was a, a one person, now it's a two people. It's mostly Alice's show, but we have another actor in acting as some of her surrounding and uh, also helping us to heighten some of the stuff that goes in her own brain. It's, 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 it's really exciting stuff. I can't wait to get in the room and actually get to experiment with it. Yeah, because where are you with it at the moment? Um, so obviously you're still two okay. months away. Is it, have you cast yet? Are you sort of in the casting process? Are you now sort of doing script readings and that? No, no, we're currently uh, in in the casting process. Uh, the play was actually, um, the play was uh, shortlisted for the Vault 5. 
So I did get to do a lot of the thinking about like marketing and target audience and all that stuff I had to do in order to submit for the Vault 5. So when it came the time to submitting it for the Vault, I actually had a lot of the stuff already written and ready to go. So the play is written, the play is, uh, we have the entire team on board. We are now currently in the process of casting. And I think like a lot of your work, because you like that dystopian sort of future, which we've discussed before, you like your sci-fi and horror, very... Black Mirror-esque, isn't it? It's got a real feel, sort of something you would see on Black Mirror. Is Black Mirror an influence to you? Black Mirror has always been an influence to me. Uh, I feel it's, it's kind of weird because it's one of these shows that I love watching, but then dream about them for weeks afterwards. Oh. Like I had, I still have dreams about Nosedive. Normally, when I have a piece of writing that has similar themes to another work, I would go back and watch that work to see if what I'm doing is inspiration or plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm currently working on a piece that has a, an AI on a space station, and I'm, I went back to watch Odyssey 2001 just to be like, okay, so am I inspired by Kubrick or am I stealing from Kubrick? I'm not, but it's good to make sure. I love sci-fi that makes you think, and I love sci-fi that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. And I think last time we talked, we, we actually both lamented about how little of, of how little sci-fi there is on stage mm. at the moment. So, you know, trying to change it one play at a time. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, I, think, I think the themes, like I was saying, it's quite interesting to say about sort of plagiarism or inspiration. And I think, I think the themes of Black Mirror are actually so commonplace. I think they're themes that have been touched elsewhere. It's just the way that Charlie Brooker makes them, isn't it? So yeah. I think I think I can you know so I can see that it's more inspiration you know than plagiarism because you're not you know, the basic idea of having your memory erased is nothing new is it I mean yeah. you can go back to Total Recall from the eighties for that that plot line I mean when I when I kept telling people about Lethe they just kept going oh it's like Eternal Sunshine I was like no not like Eternal Sunshine <laughs> yeah and I suppose we all have a reference for. That shows you how common a thread it is, though, isn't it? It shows you that, you know, you're not plagiarizing something when it's been used over and over again, so you're just putting your oh. own personal take on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, at the same time, when I wrote Lethe, I also wrote another play called Memoriam that is about uh, the purchase of memories and about the purchase of other people's experiences. So, <laughs> clearly, the whole concept of how we remember things and how we process memory was very active in my mind because two plays came out of it. Um, but complete opposites almost aren't they yeah and what's happened to the other plays that sort of in the pot is that so you're sitting on at the moment to think you'll work on later the other one is the one that i'm sitting out on the moment i'm kind of uh, um i'm taking the writing process a lot slower this time and uh, that one is called memoriam and it's about a company that buys and sells people's memories like netflix uh, this is this is the most memoriam is the most Jewish play I've written because it deals with the subject of Holocaust memorial and uh, how I don't know like personally I'm a bit uncomfortable with how popular Holocaust stories get every year around the Oscar season it's an argument about sort of is, you know are we honoring it to remember how bad things were or are we just almost honoring it for the yeah because it becomes an entertainment thing yeah so yeah. And I haven't reached a conclusion with that play. I don't think I will. Um, I'm, I'm allowing myself as a writer to not have all the answers. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of me. 
Yeah, let, let it see what comes out naturally. Let's talk about Bunker briefly, so because that was oh. on last year, um, or sort of, it will be last year by the time this show goes out. Got some good reviews. It's getting a second run in Bristol. Um, yeah, we're going to Bristol to the Alma Tavern. But but Bunker, I mean, Bunker, say, it was at Camden Fringe last year, or say back in August. Are you hoping that one's going to get further life after Bristol? I don't know. Uh, with Bristol, we're very fortunate that we have the support of Stepping Out Theatre. Um, I, I don't know how we could have done it without them. Yes, obviously I would love Bunker to have a future life in London, but I, I need to kind of... Yeah, I guess I guess it's something that I'll, I'll need to actually sit down and mm. try to figure out. And it, obviously it involves sending a lot of emails and not hearing back from a lot of people. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, I'm, I'm trying to conserve my energy. <laughs> It, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, say we see. So, I mean, there's so many shows, and say Camden Fringe last year. When you think how much was there, you think how much will be on the Vaults Festival sort of over those ten weeks. And there's only so many theatres that could then show those shows afterwards, isn't it? And I suppose it's, it must be so hard for your, people like yourself. You know, you've got this great show, but trying to get it in front of the right people, isn't it? But you know what? I'm I'm not experiencing it as a big tragedy. I'm. I'm I'm very grateful that we get to take Bunker to Bristol, yeah. and I would also be okay with letting it go afterwards. I I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I created the show. I made people discuss the conversation about BPD and the way it, it the way it feels to to exist with this. And now it's getting a second outing. I see it as an absolute success. In, in, the, in the words of the Hulk, I see it as an absolute win. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's I, 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 from my outside perspective, it's always strange. I do wonder what, you know, what it's like, you know, what you see as a success for shows like this, because, yeah, it's quite weird, isn't it? Because I think people think, oh, we should have like a, a three month run up the West End before you, it's a success. But it's not, is it? It's about getting it out there, getting it spoken about. You know, and each person has a different sort of measure of what successful is, haven't they? Absolutely. Also, I write quite fast, so by the time Bunker was over, I was already working on my on another audio drama and the Friday before Christmas. I'm, 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 I'm I work quite fast. So yeah, you and you are, and that, that's that's move on to that. You, I mean, last year you seem to be sort of doing quite a lot of stuff. And why those was the Friday before Christmas, which was people who you know did, haven't seen it haven't heard me talk about it and it's it's yeah, you it was freddie and jane didn't you yeah um and they both were very complimentary about the whole evening how was the evening for you or how you know did it did you get what you wanted out of that evening did it go as what you know as you expected for me 100 percent. i i just had the best night it was kind of weird right because i was i was kind of we did the tech on the same day so teching six different pieces we had an incredible techie with us uh called nicholas peterson uh who is just a student in goldsmith which blew my mind he 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 really carried us through this tech day but it was very busy and very like okay keeping on time schedule keeping on time schedule um and then the evening started and people started piling in. Obviously, there was it, it had to be the one night where the entirety of London was a huge traffic jam because of a car accident. It was a bank robbery, wasn't it? It was a bank robbery? I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, Freddie, my God. That's so much more exciting. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what Freddie said to me because she said they got stuck in the traffic that turned out to be a bank robbery. 
So I'm sure I that's am reframing this narrative. This is absolutely brilliant. I... Anyway, the, the, the point <laughs> is, I was so stressed that when the evening started, I, I couldn't quite change gears to this is, do you know, the this is really great mode. Mm. I was still very much in, we need to stay on schedule. We need to, we need to do this. We need to do that mode. I was very much still in the producer brain. But then I saw Jane receiving feedback on her piece and bless her, she was bouncing in her seat. And I was like, everything was worth it. Oh, it, it, it was a great night. Um, I fairly enjoyed myself. It was great to see six very different plays. I mean, there was, I think you had eight legs, eight arms at one end of the spectrum, didn't you? And then you had yeah. the, sort of the classic sort of alone in a house in the middle of the woods at the other end of the spectrum. So do you think you'll do it again? Yes. Yes, we're definitely doing it again. Did did you learn anything from the night? Is it did you sort of did you get any ideas about maybe new shows in your head, or did you or just learn anything about how to put on a night like that? Well, first of all, obviously, I I saw six really inspiring pieces, so of course I I got like little tiny ideas that I might implement to my own writing one day. But mostly, it was an exercise in producing. Thankfully, we had Sam uh, with us. Who from Dance Macabre, who has done stuff like this before. Okay. So that was very, very helpful. But this was my mine and Katie's first time producing something on that scale in real life. And I think we both learned a lot from it. And there's a lot of things that we won't do next time, a lot of things we would like to do differently next time. But we, we are definitely very interested in doing it again. And the audience reception we got, uh, there, there certainly is a demand for another one. Absolutely, absolutely. It it was a great, it was a proper scratch night. In that, you know, you, you even if you didn't enjoy one play, there was another five to see. So, did you have any personal favourites, or is that a case of asking you to pick your favourite child? It kind of is. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very pleased with the three winners. Freddie's piece, flip the switch. Like I liked it when I read it, but then I saw it, and I, mm. I, I do you remember like when that the previous pieces they ended and like people clapped. This piece ended and just everybody was like, Ugh. It, it it was the one that really made you feel tense. Um, yeah, the others were like, enjoyable, but not there. There wasn't the tension in there, but that one, God, it was tense, wasn't it? <laughs> Like this one ended and you just wanted, you didn't know if you wanted a hug or a drink or I, I don't know. On another level, I'm also, uh, um, I'm also very invested with uh, the Tooting Back Asylum. I love, that was my second favorite, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think Rachel is such an incredible horror writer and uh, she, she has one other horror play that I, I want her to do something with it already because it's brilliant and very Jewish and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, um, yeah, Toot and Beck Asylum was, was, I say, Flip the Switch was a standout to me because it was so different and it, it was the one that really felt, weirdly, it was, the, in a way, it was the least horror in its in its story wasn't it but it was the one that really built the tension and made you but flip the switch in my opinion is exactly what good horror is and and this is like when i write horror i do this i try to do the same thing the, the good horrors is the ones that use the monsters as an extension of a real life fear and say freddie yeah i i, I really enjoy speaking to freddie about about the play and what what brought that around and um yeah me, me and freddie were discussing that we was actually comparing medications at one point when we spoke the other time <laughs> she's she's an interesting character um 
what I also noticed about the night, five out of six were female writers. Um, was that deliberate or, you know, because I know you are very much, Half Productions are very much about promoting female-led works. But yeah. was so was that a deliberate decision to try and really focus on female writing for the night or was it just you got more female entries than anything else? You know what? It, it kind of just happened. Uh, we had some incredible submissions from male writers, but we also... We also wanted to create an evening where every piece was was unique. Uh, we didn't want to pick six ghost stories mm. or six slashers. We we wanted each one to have a space to shine and not be compared to the other pieces in a oh who did a ghost story better. Yeah, and and you succeeded. You really say, and I, I I've got nothing but praise for what you put on that evening, and I would really say I really. We'll look at, say, if you are going to do it again, make sure I'm invited. Back to Leif, Leify then. Let's talk about Leify, because this is your it's next... Leafy, actually. Leafy, Leafy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. I, think, I mean, I always remember um, um guy called Jim Kerr, lead singer in a band called Simple Minds, been around for a few years now. And he always said about... Someone asked him about his back catalogue. He goes, I don't care what I've written in the past. I'm only interested in what's next. So, obviously... Yeah. Leafy is what's next for you. So this is the one that should be at the forefront of your mind, I assume. <laughs> it really is. It's, uh, yep. And then well, we there. have, uh, <laughs> thankfully, uh, on this project, I have a producer, an incredible producer called Ross Chandler, who is part of um, Three Cube Theatre, working along with a brilliant, yeah, so working a lot, along with a brilliant uh, PR manager who is part of his theater, their theater company called uh, Anya Kapazza. I'm probably pronouncing her surname <laughs> incorrectly, but they are helping in creating the, the kind of like PR pack that we will try to promote after the show. Hopefully uh, my, I'd love to, I'd love for it to open com conversation with potential venues, I have ideas of some theaters that I would love for it to perform in, uh, but hopefully I just I just want to use these three days first of all to test the material in front of audience, but also to try and generate some buzz uh, that we could hopefully carry on to a future longer run. Briefly popping back to the fright before Christmas, that's both Jane and Freddie who I've spoken to already about it. Both mentioned about how great it was to get support from yourself, from Dance Macabre, and from the space in promotion material. So I suppose you know they both said what you've just said about getting that help about learning how to market your play. So um, yeah. it's interesting to say it feels like everyone's sort of passing it down the line a little bit, all your knowledge, isn't it? So it's and it's yeah, such it's such is, an important part, isn't it? Yeah, this this is why we created the Friday Before Christmas so that people can test new material, meet other creatives, and push their work forward and I think this is the point of every festival at the end of the day and the Vault team are incredible with the amount of support that they offer mm. to the companies coming to perform and uh, yeah we're what well, two questions two last questions finish things off then one sure. did, did you ever get around to watching dark on Netflix <laughs> no Oh, you no, got I didn't because then Squid Games came out and then it, like, like a lot of other stuff came out this is how they get the no, I'm sorry. Oh, you've 
still got to watch it. It's still, I say, still think about it a lot. It still pops up in my sort of, you know, you what have you considered watching this because, you know, because of what I also watched. And um, it's got, you've got to watch it. Next time we I speak. Know, between you and me, I will probably watch The Witcher before I'll watch Dark. Oh, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost through the second series on that. So uh, that's, the second series is actually, is, is much easier than the first series. You haven't got to try and work out what time frame they're in. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> There's, uh, there's a, there's, um, I won't give too much away, but there is a great nod back to the first series because one of the criticisms of the first series of The Witcher was it never explained what time frames you were in. So you, you didn't realize about the third or fourth episode, did you? That it was all different time frames. Yeah. Also, nobody seems to age, which really doesn't help. I know. I, I thought, yeah, it's like, yeah, not one of them. Um, but there's a great scene in the second series where, um, this random character just starts complaining about the bard's songs. And he, he goes, your time frames are over the place. And I didn't believe that. And, and I couldn't understand that bit. And that bit made no sense to me. And it's an app. It's literally an in joke <laughs> about the criticism of the first series. It, it's, okay. it's brilliant. Watch it. You, you can't miss it. It's such a great scene because it's so such an in joke to itself. Um, Sorry, I will probably watch that before I'll watch Dark, but hopefully by the next time we talk, I will have watched Dark. I, I think if you haven't watched Dark, I'm not going to let you back on this show. <laughs> Catch me a few months from now when I'm like trying, when I'm like talking to you and like, yeah, sure, but before we schedule, have you watched Dark? And then I binge Dark in like two days. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way about it. And it, it, it. Trust me, once you start it, you will binge it. Um, okay, challenge accepted. And then your head will explode from the confusion of it all. Um, <laughs> right. And lastly, let's get back to um, Leafy. So, come on. Why um, uh, Why should we come see Leafy? So, um, think Alice in Wonderland meets Black Mirror inside Alice's head uh, with neon and sick cyberpunk-inspired beats. Uh, I, I really think it's going to be great. It, it, it definitely sounds it, and I think, as we've discussed before, as you've mentioned here, there's a lack of good sci-fi, or there's just a lack of sci-fi on the stage, so shows like this really, yeah. really should stand out, and there's definitely a big audience for these shows. <laughs> Noga, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you again, so I do hope we speak again later in 2022, um, but only if you've watched Dark. Okay, I, I will definitely watch Dog beforehand. Lovely speaking to you, Rob. <laughs> you too. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed. Yay!